Praise God. I want to share with you for just a few moments as we go there. I'm, I missed one announcement. Uh, Judges chapter 8 and verse number 4. Today we'll be having a, a well, there's one other opportunity for you to uh, to give into missions, and that is today we'll be having a spaghetti dinner right after service today. Uh, people have been working on that diligently to prepare it for after the service. You can uh, stay here and eat, or you can take it with you, and it will be ready for you in the gymnasium immediately following the service. So be sure to do that, all right? Okay. Looks like you're going to be eating by yourself, Dad. All right. Praise God. But do that. You know, we, we give these opportunities and we don't do it very often, but we make them available for special things. And in the heart, we have to have a heart for missions because Jesus did, God did, and uh, he wants us to reach the ends of the earth. Amen. Praise God. Let's look at this scripture this morning. Judges chapter eight and verse number four. Uh, I'll uh, just... Um, tell you right up front there's some more interesting names here so I'm going to name them myself verse number four and Gideon came to Jordan and passed over and he and the 300 men that were with him were faint yet pursuing them they were with him they were faint but yet they were pursuing sometimes you've just got to run Even when you don't feel like it, even when you're faint, even when you're weary, you just got to pursue, right? And he said unto the men of Sakoth, give, I pray you, loaves of bread to me and the people following me, for they are faint, and I am pursuing after uh, Ziba and Zamena, kings of Midian. And the princes of uh, Sakoth said to, are, there, they are, are they in your hands? And he, that we should give bread unto your army. And Gideon said, therefore, when the Lord has delivered them into my hand, I will tear your flesh with thorns and wilderness of the wilderness and with briars. God bless the reading of his word today. How many know that I want to talk to you today about the spirit of intimidation? Spirit of intimidation. How many know that when you are in a battle and you go through a battle it is that is intense, it is also very exhausting. And when we fight, we expend a lot of energy, a lot of time. We suffer fatigue from the battle. And that's where Gideon was. He was experiencing this here in Judges chapter 8. He had these 300 men with him and and they had killed 120,000. 300 of them killed 120,000 Midianites. It was a supernatural sovereign victory that God had given to them. But do do you know that even in the supernatural, you can feel strong while you're flowing in the anointing, but once you come down from that anointing, because you can't walk in the anointing all the time, 
Amen. You can't walk in it all the time. You, you, would, you would blow up. It, it's a higher high than heroin. <laughs> it, it, it's greater than LSD and, and all of those things. It, it is a supernatural power that comes upon this natural body and the natural body cannot contain it all the time. But when you come down from that, whenever I'm under the anointing, I feel like I can whip the devil with a switch and I look for him. Amen. But whenever I get done and I come down from that place, my body is fatigued. It's tired. There's been many a days. I don't, don't do it as often now because I don't preach twice on Sunday. But uh, there has been times whenever I'd preach twice and I would go home, shower, and fall in the bed and wake up whenever I woke up. It is, it is stressful. It is strenuous. But it's supernatural. But we look and we see that this is where Gideon was. He had fought this battle, 300 men destroy, annihilate 120,000, and you would think that that would be good, right? I mean, if we, excuse me, if we had uh, today 120,000 people saved, we would light up Facebook. We would talk about it to everybody we knew. We would, it would be the talk of, of not only our town, but of our state and maybe our nation. Uh, but but Gideon wasn't pleased with just killing 120,000 because 15,000 escaped. And he said the job isn't done yet, and so we're going to pursue these Midians. We're going to pursue these two kings. And at this point, Gideon had two choices. He could stop chasing and call it a day, or he could continue to fight and pursue the enemy who had escaped. And he decided that we are going to pursue. We may be fatigued, we may be tired, but we're going to pursue. The scripture says that they were faint. This means that they had no strength left. They kept going as far as they could go, but now they was fatigued. But Gideon refused to stop. He refused to give in to a partial victory. And so he would push through his spirit of fatigue and tiredness and weariness, and he would continue to pursue. I want to say to somebody here in the tabernacle today that you may be weary, you may be faint, but I want to encourage you to continue to pursue. Continue to push forward. Continue to fight the good fight of faith because God has not ever called you to have a half a victory or a three-quarters victory. But when God does a thing, he does it totally and completely. He's a totalitarian God. He totally does a thing. And he does not want you to have partial victory. He wants you to have total victory. Can you give him praise for that today. Gideon crosses over this Jordan and he comes to Sakoth and he explains to them why he is weary. He explains to him that their men are weary. And then he asked the prince, the princes there, for bread to strengthen them. They needed food, for fuel for their body. They needed something to energize them and enable them to continue to fight the fight. But the princes of Sakoth responded in sarcasm. 
They taunted Gideon. They mocked Gideon saying, uh, catch these kings first and then we'll give you some bread. Gideon replies and he tells them, the Lord will deliver them into our hands. And he said, when he does deliver them into our hands, we're going to come back here and we're going to whip your hiney. Now that's Matthew's translation. But he said, we're going to take the thorns of the wilderness and we're going to cut you with them and we're going to beat you down. He goes on in Judges chapter 8 and it says he went on to Peniel and he spoke there and he asked them for bread. He asked them for substance and Peniel gives them the same response. He says, are they in your hands? And he says, no, they're not in our hands. And he said, we'll give you bread then. He responds to Gideon, then responds to them. Notice this, he doesn't have the 15,000 yet. He's annihilated 120,000, but his army of 300 is fatigued and he still outnumbered 15,000 to 300. But in that moment, Gideon makes a decision that I will not give in to this voice of intimidation, but I am going to make a proclamation. And he tells Peniel the same thing. He said, whenever I come again, I'm coming in peace. And he said, I will destroy your tower. I will tear it down. I will destroy, annihilate that which represents and says that Peniel has anything. He says, it will be destroyed. And so the scripture goes on to tell us that this next Gideon went to Peniel. He explains to them and he says that whenever he has delivered them into my hands, he said, I'm going to come back and destroy your tower with no help from anyone. Totally exhausted with no food for strength. Gideon and his men kept pursuing until they caught up with the 15,000 escapees. And then they slew all of them except the two kings. And when they found, got the two kings, they kept them alive. They took them with them for their appointment back at Zakoth. And he showed and he made them promise that, that he would de- was determined to keep. And that was whenever I get these 15,000, I'm coming back. Amen. I believe today that we need some people that know God in such a manner that whenever the spirit and the voice of intimidation rises up against us, we will not cower in corners, but we will stand up and we will declare that when we do get the victory, we're going to come back and we're going to show you the victory that our God has given to us. He had made them a promise and he said, I'm going to show them. And in Judges chapter 8 and verse 16, the Bible said, and he took the elders of the city and the thorns of the wilderness and briars. And with them, he taught the men of Sukkoth. <laughs> he taught them a thing. You see, when you are, are times when you need to, re- there are times when you need to return back to the place where you have been mocked. There's a time in your life when you need to return back to the place where you have been publicly humiliated and you need to declare public victory. 
Because where there has been public humiliation and mockery deserves to be a public a testimony of what God has done in your life. Amen. And so here we see that we don't have to be afraid to put our victory on display because God is the one who gave it to you. How many understand that Gideon wasn't uh, the, 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 the pick of the, he wasn't the pick of the family. He wasn't the, the most uh, outgoing kind of person. Whenever we see, find him, we find him hiding behind the barn. And an angel of the Lord comes and tells him that he's a mighty man of valor. He, he isn't that outgoing personality. He isn't that one that is so full of pride and pompous that he goes out and stretches his chest out and says, look at me. But in that moment when he was a tri- that a voice of intimidation came, he was not the timid backward man that was found behind the barn, but he knew who he was in Christ Jesus. And so he would declare that I'm going to get the victory with you or without you. How many know it's good to get victory when you've got a group of people going and you've got somebody standing with you and you've got somebody agreeing with you and you've got somebody that's praying the prayer of faith over you. It's a wonderful thing, but there comes times in our lives, ladies and gentlemen, when we must have to fight the good fight of faith alone. There are times when nobody can walk with you. There's times when nobody can go with you to where you're going, but it's in that process that we learn how to lean upon our Lord and Savior. It is in those times that we know, begin to understand who we are. And Gideon was found behind the barn. The angel declares to him, you're not somebody that's lonely. You're not somebody that's the least of the least. That's the spirit of intimidation that's been talking to you all of your life. Do you understand the battle against you did not start yesterday? It did not start when you became a Christian, but the, and the, the, the voice of the enemy has come against you because when you was a child, when you were small, that voice of intimidation came to you because he knew that the possibility and the potential that God had placed on the inside of you, if you ever came to an understanding of who you are in Christ Jesus, it's over for the devil. Amen. He understands that if you ever come to a realization that who you are in Christ, not of ourselves, that any man should boast, but we have authority, we have victory, we have power in the name of Jesus. And if we ever realize that power, we'll not cower down to a voice of intimidation, but we'll smile and say, this is a great day for a victory. This is a great opportunity to reveal the glory and the power of God to everybody that's watching my life. Amen. So don't be afraid to put your victory on display. Gideon didn't get this because he was all of that in a bag of chips. Gideon didn't get this because he had such a great army. Gideon got this because of his proclamation in the face of intimidation. Because in so many words, God said, Gideon, if you that bad to speak it, I'm big enough to back it up. I'm going to give you these 15,000. 
I'm going to give them to you because Gideon, in the face of intimidation, you didn't cower down, but you spoke up and you let them know that you had confidence in me. After teaching the men a Sakatha lesson, Gideon wasn't finished. He made a promise also to Peniel, and he goes over there and he keeps his promise to them. And he beat down the tower and he slew the men of the city. This is a bad dude. I mean, he isn't running on just getting up from a, a buffet at the Golden Corral. He isn't running on on fresh strength from sleeping at the Motel 8. He is fatigued in his body. He is exhausted in the natural, but he is running on a supernatural strength that has been given to him that said, I'm going to make you the head and not the tail. I've made you a mighty man of valor, Gideon. And on that word and that strength, he goes out and he ministers through the power of the Holy Spirit to destroy and annihilate the voice of intimidation in his life. Listen to me. Listen to me. Anyone who laughs at your dream is an enemy of your success. Anyone who laughs at your dream is an enemy of your success and you need to exaggerate them with your absence. Goliath laughed at David's dream. Goliath was Israel's spirit of intimidation. The voice of intimidation echoed through the valley. It echoed in the morning. It was there at noon. It was there at night. It was there at night so that it would reverberate through their nights of sleeplessness. They could hear the voice of intimidation. It was there early in the morning to remind them that your day is a day of defeat. And you will not be successful today. It was there in case anyone would rise up at noontime and dare to believe God. That it would be there yet again to remind them that this day is halfway over and you're an already defeated foe. Everywhere they went, they could hear the spirit and the voice of intimidation. They could not get away from it morning, noon, and night. And yet they would laugh at them and they would mock them and they would ridicule them and remind them of how worthless they were. But there was a little boy that had experience with God. He had in so many ways a spirit of intimidation come out when the lion came out. How many know that that a lion can be an intimidating situation? A bear came out. How many of you would like to wrestle a bear? I was hunting one time. I wasn't hunting for bear. I was hunting for deer. I'd heard so many turkeys that day. I didn't pay attention to the sound behind me until I looked down and I seen a bear trying to crawl up my ladder stand. I thought to myself, if you put one more 
Paul up one more ring. This is going to be your day of deliverance. It was a little intimidating setting up in there because people my size don't jump out of trees. There was only one way out of that tree and that was down that ladder that bear was standing on. It was intimidating. Come on, somebody. Goliath laughed at this boy who had been in intimidating situations before. He had been intimidated by a lion. He had been intimidated by a bear. But he did not back down. And now he goes and he is in this place and he goes out there with a sling. You remember Saul gives him the armor. It won't fit. I'm not, that's not me. I haven't proven this. It is, I don't know if it'll be successful or not. You see, when you're in the heat of a battle and you're fighting intimidation, you don't go into a battle with a new sword. You don't go into a battle with a new spear. Even if it is a slingshot, you go into the battle with what has been proven. And what had been proven in David's life was a slingshot. I want to tell you today what has been proven in your life is the word of God. What has been proven in your life is the power of God. What has been proven in your life is the promise of God over your life. You don't have to go in with something new and a newfangled idea. All you need to know is what God has given you that is already proven to be successful in your life. Here came this little boy, uh, we, we call him a shepherd boy. He was a shepherd, but we know that he was probably somewhere between 17, 20 years old at this time, but yet he was known as a young boy. But yet we look and we see that his other brothers, they were cowering to the spirit of intimidation. They were over there in their pub tents. They were scared of the voice. They were worried that they were going to be defeated. Nobody would go out against this voice, but the little shepherd boy rose up and he said, who is this that's defying God's army? Where's this voice coming from that intimidates you and causes you to back down and to give up on your vision and give up on your dream? Who is this voice that would stop God's people from making progress and going forward? And he said, oh, you don't understand. You don't know. He said, I don't need all the information. You see, we get all messed up when we start looking for all the information. We want all the details. I don't need all the information. Don't need all the details. All I need to know is it's the will of God. If it's the will of God, then he will give me direction. He will give me purpose. He will empower me. And David went out there and said, who is this that's defying God's army? He goes out there and the spirit of intimidation begins to laugh. I ask you for somebody to fight. And you sent me a little boy. He's not even armed. He's got a slingshot. He said, I'm going to rip him apart. I'm going to feed his flesh to the fowls of the air. I'm going to annihilate him. I'm going to destroy him. It was the voice of intimidation that was trying to push David back to the tent with his brothers. But he did not allow the voice of intimidation to stop him. He told that that voice of intimidation, I haven't come to you with a spear and a sword. But I've come to you in the name of the Lord. 
of hosts. I've come to you in the name of the one who has given me victory over the lion. I'm coming to you in the name of the one who has given me victory over the bear. I'm coming to you over the, 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 in the name of the one who has given me victory in every battle and every spirit of intimidation that I've ever faced. I've won every battle and I've never lost the one. And he said, I haven't come here today to lose the battle, but I've come here today to take your head back to the camp of Israel and let them know they don't have to bow down to a voice of intimidation, but they need to run toward that voice of intimidation and overcome it by the power of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians tells us it's clear we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of spiritual wickedness in high places. It makes it very clear that these spirits of hell have been assigned to take us out. Its sole purpose is to stop us from fulfilling our purpose and our destiny that God so desperately has placed on the inside of us. These spirits of intimidation which mock and torment remind us of what we don't have yet. Usually they come when you're in your lowest place. When you're the tiredest, when you're the most fatigued. You see, there is a direct result between your physical and your spiritual. If you're tired and fatigued physically, you will be overcome spiritually. Amen. And so here they were and and he understood this and the enemy understands this. And so he comes to you at the point when you are ready to faint, when you are ready to give up. When these spirits confront us, we need to learn from Gideon and respond like he responded. He didn't act out of his feelings. He acted out of faith. Amen. And he he acted like he already had it. He came boldly and he made some declarations about what he was about to manifest and victory would be in his hands. The evil spirit of intimidation seeks to deprive you of your strength. It taunts you, it mocks you, it provokes you. Its purpose is to discourage you and cause you to give up and quit by reminding you of what you do not have yet. For example, you may be dealing with physical illness and that spirit will tell you, look at you. You aren't healed. You're still sick. Or you may be dealing or struggling financially with difficulty. And that spirit will tell you, you're not blessed. You don't even have enough money to get gas to go to church. And when you hear discouraging remarks, it drains your energy. It'll cause you to feel more, even more faint than what you did before. I call them spiritual darts. You can't see them, but they penetrate your soul and cause you to feel like giving up. 
calls you to feel like giving in, calls you to feel like giving up on the promise. You see, you may be struggling today and it makes you feel as though that you cannot overcome, but the spirit of intimidation always attacks at the most uh, obvious time when you are at your lowest state and you feel like giving up. The enemy will come rush in to bring this spirit of intimidation to tell you you never were saved in the first place. You might as well give up. You can't serve God. They don't love you. They don't care nothing. About you might as well go back to where you came from. Least you were having a good time then. It's a spirit of intimidation that comes because he knows that that you are you you if you continue on in this process, you're going to have victory in your life. What's interesting to me is if the enemy is so convinced that we're nothing, we'll have nothing. Then why is he messing with us? It's the same argument of a person that says there is no God but wants to argue about it. If there is no God, why are you wasting your time talking about him? Amen. When you're hanging by a thread, when you're trying to stand, when you're feeling faint... It feels like that nothing is going right in your life and nothing is going in the direction that is supposed to be going on. It tries to suck every bit of life and strength out of you. And Gideon responded to that spirit of intimidation by refusing to be intimidated. He refused to be quiet. He refused to stop. He refused to turn back. He decl- Instead, he made a declaration and he said, I'm going after the enemy with you or without you. But what I want you to know is you'll see me again. And when I, you see me again, I'm coming back with victory in my hands and you're going to wish you had been part of the victory. Amen. I want to tell you that he made a declaration that said, I may be weary. I may be tired. I may be hungry, but even in my lowest state, I've got more power than my enemy has. I want to tell you today on your worst day as a child of God, it's better than the being in the world, a man on the best day. Because you see, he said, David said, better is it. I would rather be a day in the house of the Lord than in the house of the wicked for a thousand days. Why? Because he said, it's good to be in the presence of God. I want to tell you today that wherever you are and whatever you're facing in the spirit of intimidation that's come upon your life, you still got enough power. You may be feeling as weak as you can, but if you're still holding on to the promise of God, you've got enough power to break that spirit of depression off of your life. You've got enough authority in the name of Jesus to destroy and annihilate the world of the enemy that's coming against you and you just need to rise up and say it's not by might and it's not by power but it's by the spirit of the Lord that I will win this battle (laughs) so what do you do when you can't get nobody to agree with you what do you do when the only voice that you hear in your life is the voice of intimidation Do what Gideon did. Opposition of the enemy actually served to strengthen Gideon and not weaken Gideon. 
It caused him to be more determined and more focused, more confident. There came a time in my life, I don't, I don't like war, I, I, I don't like fights, but I've learned through the life and learned through ministry that, that there comes fights and there's some fights worth fighting and, and you got to pick your fights. But when you fight, you, you just got to know that God is with you. And I've come to learn to thank my enemies. Because if it hadn't been for them lying on me, if it hadn't been for them twisting my words, if it hadn't been for my enemy trying to intimidate me, I would have probably settled where I was at. <laughs> But I want to tell you, you, you need to learn how to get you a party hat, get you a whistle, stop by McDonald's, get a $5 gift card, send it to your enemy and tell them thank you. Don't, don't bless them too much, just $5 is enough. But just tell them thank you for pushing on me. Thank you for trying to intimidate me. Thank you for coming against me the way you did because I was weary, I was fainting. I was tired. I didn't seem like I had nobody standing with me, but if it wasn't for you. <laughs> but I, I learned how that determination rose up. I become focused on my promise. I become more confident in what God had called me to do. And in that midst of intimidation, you brought fuel for my fight that I could rise up and receive what God has given me. Glory to God. You see, I want to tell you today that Gideon did not permit this weakness to weaken him. He fed off of the mockery. He fed off of the threats. He turned it around and he used it for bread to give Give him strength and say, I cannot give up now. God has promised me this and I'm going to rise up and show his enemies that greater is he that is in me than the enemy that has come against me. We all must learn how to turn intimidation of the enemy into bread. When the enemy tells you that you can't feed off of it. When it tells you you'll never have it, feed off of it. Because Gideon refused to be intimidated. He realized an incredible victory. 120,000 at one time, now 15,000 more. And when he did, he made good on his promise and he returned back and he humiliated his adversary. He paraded the two kings before them and he taught them a lesson. In other words, he took them to school. And then he went there to Peniel and he made good on his promise and went back every place of intimidation and every place that the spirit of defeat tried to come and he mocked hell openly. When you get your hands on what the devil has told you, you would never get your hands on. You need to stick that victory in his face and tell him greater is he that is in me than you and all of hell that has come against me. Amen. You said that I would never make it, but look at me now. 
You said that I can never make it to college, but I've got my doctor degree now. You said that I would lose my mind, but I'm in perfect peace and my mind is stayed on the Lord. You said that I would get hurt in the church and I would turn my back on God. But look at me serving in ministry and helping to win people into the kingdom of God. You said I would be like the rest of my family and I would lose my mind. But look at me, I'm the first one to break that generational curse and the blessing of the Lord is upon my life. You need to show your enemy your trophies and tell him, you said that I would not do it, but I'm just here to tell you that I'm still dancing my dance, still shouting my shout, still praising my God, and still giving him the glory. Hallelujah. So today, just go ahead. Stick out your chest. And testify against your enemy. (laughs) And tell him that just me being in the house of the Lord with my hands raised and praising God is a testimony against my enemy. That really greater is he that is in me than the world that has come against me. Stick your praise in his face and expose his lies. Don't ever be intimidated or back up from the lie of the enemy. When you hear his voice, you know he's lying. I said, when you hear his voice, you know he's lying. And when he is lying to you, it's because he wants to intimidate you. To go back to what you come out of. And at least, just in case your memory is failing you today, and you're even remotely entertaining the idea of going back or even settling where you are, let me remind you today That it's not always been as good as it is right now. To know the goodness of God. To know the love of the Father. His mercies that are new every morning. wake up and he loads us down with his benefits but pastor you don't understand what I'm dealing with I I, I probably may not know it real intimately like you do but I'd say I know I know something about what you're dealing with I come today hearing the voice of the Lord early this morning for some believers that love God, but the enemy's been pushing on you, young, new in the faith, and he's been pushing you and trying to push you back to where you come from. And I want to tell you today, it's not worth it. If it would have worked, you'd have never come out of it. But you came out of it because it didn't work. 
I want to push on somebody today that is intimidated and, and, and even much of your life, you heard the voice of God, you've heard the promise of God, but you've never had that strength to rise up and declare and say, I may not have it at this moment, but I'm going to have it. I might not have victory right now, but I'm going after my victory. And sometimes you just have to be brave enough, bold enough to make a declaration that just looks crazy in the natural. And just let the enemy know, this is what I'm going to have. This is where I'm going to live. I'm not living in your intimidation any longer. I'm going after the promise that God has given me. Stand with me today. Stand with me, please. Spirit of the living God, I know not who you've sent me to, but I know you've sent me to somebody today. Somebody who's dealing with an intimidation, somebody who is dealing with difficulty in their life, somebody that's wrestling with the voice of God and the voice of intimidation, not knowing which way to go, what direction to go in. But I pray today that it become clear. I pray that a spirit... God would rise over this congregation today, a spirit of declaration, a spirit of declaration would rise out of our hearts today that say, I'm not going back, but I'm moving ahead. I'm not going back, but I'm moving ahead. I'm not going back, but I'm moving ahead. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not even just going to stay here, but I'm moving ahead in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Ha, ha, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Come on, Jamie, sing it today this word touches you today in an area of your life, I want you to respond quickly today. Come on. You got to be like that, David. You got to run towards your enemy. Don't wait on nobody else. Just say, I'm going to go today. I'm going to go today. I'm going to go today in the name of Jesus. declaration today. Come on, make your declaration today. Hallelujah. I'm not going to be intimidated. I'm not going to be held back. I'm not going to even just settle, but I'm going after everything God said I could have. 